the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we're doing the show live this week, so uh, if you have a question, you can always call in here. It's 216-901-0945. It's 216-901-0945. Uh, just to, after this week, I think we need a little uh, pumping up, but uh, here's a couple quotes for you. Education is not filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. And that was uh, Yeats, the, the great poet. And uh, another great statesman, Edmund Burke, among a people generally corrupt, liberty cannot long exist. <laughs> Sound familiar? Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, what a week. So uh, anyway, you know, if you need or like any of the materials that we talked about, we've been talking about dividend portfolios, and, um, you know, we've been kind of defensive for about three weeks now. And I said there's going to be a sharp, <laughs> a fast, sharp pullback. Uh, I didn't expect it to be as sharp as it was, so uh, we'll just leave it at that. Um, I, as a matter of fact, it was, whew, what a week. Anyway, um, if you'd like to get any material, you know, we talk about our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, our top ideas. Uh, we, we have quite a few of them. Uh, just go to WHK1420s, uh, you know, their their webpage, and, and go down to local podcast to Tim Hayes, and, and they have uh, my webpage right there. So it's got all sorts of contact me, email me's. Uh, by the way, there's a market week if you want an update for the market that's there already. And the daily technical analysis, you know, Bob Dickey, uh, 14 of the last 16 days, he talked about the market co- about to correct. Now, I don't think he was expecting what we had last week, but uh, he did, uh, you know, he was talking about a correction. Uh, he, he and I both admitted that we were expecting a smaller one, uh, you know, not as fast, but I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, also, we have our new March newsletter out, and... Uh, you know, the due date for federal taxes is approaching. That's one of the things on there. Uh, time to review your IRA estate planning strategies. Uh, spring cleaning is a better way to, you know, spring cleanings for, for your portfolio is a really good idea right now. Uh, we do have our global insight for 2020. Something happened uh, this week, which we're going to talk about in a minute, which uh, I thought was kind of interesting because uh, our head strategist had it right. You know, she really did. And she's in here, uh, and, and it's a good piece. Uh, and then our global best income ideas, I think that's important. And for those of you who don't know what the SECURE Act is, and you have a 401K or an IRA, you better. <laughs> if you'd like a piece on that, we have it. And you know what? I had several people uh, start a credit access line. And I, I can't tell you, you know, look, you, 99% of the time you don't need it. It's the 1% of the time that you have it. And the credit access line has a lot lower interest rate than what's out there for, uh, you know, margin loans or, you know, you'd hate to have to sell right now 
okay, to get money. That's not what you want to do. When the market's down and, and you need money, you have it. Uh, you can borrow from it, and it's it's uh, it's a reasonable thing. But we have the Savvy Investor's Credit Handbook, so I highly recommend that. All right, so Americans cut down 15 million Christmas trees in, in 2017, according to the most recent uh, data. Uh, growing all those trees requires 19.7 million square miles of land. Uh, that much ground would cover about 50% of Walt Disney World in Orlando, just so you know, that's a lot. On the average, trees are grown uh, on about 6 feet by 6 feet of space and, and 12,000 trees per acre. The Fed identified 44 countries that have 10 or fewer bank branches in 2012 and then lost at least half of those ban- uh, branches by 2017. 89% of those countries are rural, by the way. Uh, climate change is making uh, home insurance unavailable f- or unaffordable in some risky areas where there's hurricanes, wildfires, floodings, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but I saw some of the uh, – uh, I have a client, you know, who, who just used a credit line, by the way, to buy a house in Florida – and uh, I just, you know, they're in Naples, and I just, uh, it's actually north, a little bit north of Naples. Uh, um, and I couldn't believe the insurance bill they were looking at. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. So, um, you know, it's just something to think about. Uh, in New York City, where more orders are delivered than anywhere else in the country, over 90,000 packages a day are stolen or disappear without explanation, roughly twenty up 20% from years ago. Jeez Louise. All right, so um, I, I had a call from Jeff this week, and a uh, very smart guy, by the way, and he said, Tim, why do people use Bitcoin? Well, first of all, there's no politics involved, okay? And second of all, you know, if you use it to buy something uh, and you have an account there, you know, with your Visa account the the retailer is paying for those bonus points. So it's probably 2 to 4%. So, you know, I think Visa and MasterCard are kind of in trouble at this point. I actually sold some Visa a while back. Uh, haven't sold it all. Just sold, you know, when they had uh, a lot of it, I sold part of it. But I think the banks are in trouble too because if, if people, you know, look, the younger generation um, is not in love with Visa and MasterCard. They're in love with... Uh, you know, Bitcoin and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward because, uh, you know, I don't think Visa is going to be able to to uh, uh, charge that kind of 4% anymore. That's my opinion. So the big news on the street is the coronavirus. And somebody asked me, why did we sell off last week? Well, I think it was a one-two punch to the market. And I was expecting just a one punch. I wasn't expecting the coronavirus to get pick up and, and get off. And by the way, if you want to read something, Read about uh, Lieber from Harvard. Um, he just got uh, arrested. Uh, it, it, it's a Robert Ludlum novel, so it's L-I-E-B-E-R. You should read about him. But anyway, the, look, the coronavirus hit, and it hit big, uh, and, and we'll talk about the potential impact here in a second. But we also had Bernie Sanders you know, jump in front in the polls. And he's a socialist. I mean, I told you, you know, and, and I was corrected, by the way, by several of my uh, my clients, actually, who said that, you know, I, I said he, he went to uh, uh, Moscow in the 50s for his honeymoon. And they both told me they both University of Chicago grads. So uh, they said, no, he was at the University of Chicago in 1967. And, uh, you know, he, he raised he had the 
he started the first uh, uh, fiasco there as far as, you know, uh, protesting. Uh, but anyway, he did go to Moscow for his honeymoon in the 19, early 1970s. And as I recall, that was kind of the height of the Cold War. You know, Mr. Gorbachev, you know, tear down that wall, etc. Um, so the stock market is the ultimate capitalist system. It's, it's, it's the mechanism for capitalism, okay? And when you have a socialist getting in and, and, and people paying attention to him, it's going to take the, the market down. Now, the coronavirus, uh, you know, I thought there'd be a problem with that. I didn't think it was going to be as big, be, as bigger than I thought it was, to be honest with you. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the, what the final outcome is going to be. But the one-two punch there, uh, you know, a blow to capitalism, and also a, a scenario where we have a infectious, you know, uh, virus out there. It's, uh, you know, the, the real problem with it is is the the speed at which it adapts and and it gets to your lungs, all right, and it multiplies itself inside the lungs. That's the problem with it. So, look, uh, the coronavirus concerns have mounted. I think you know investors around the world are increasingly thinking of the U.S. economy as a safe haven. At least that's what Tom Parcelli says, our our, our chief economist, and he's pretty good, I think. Other parts of the world are significantly more linked to China. So it's not surprising. Uh, you know, Italy had uh, two or three sets of Chinese diplomats over in, in the last month. Okay. So China it seems uh, set to absorb most of the economic impact, but they didn't do a very good job. I mean, there's some comp- uh, conspiracy theories out there. And I'm, you know, I'm just saying that that's what they are uh, about them. Uh, holding off the CDC, holding off the Red Cross, and all the, uh, the like four or five other uh, groups that really help in situations like that. Uh, now, uh, one of our global asset management's uh, chief uh, economist, Eric Lasalas, anticipates uh, uh, China's uh, GDP growth will retreat to 5% from the 6.1 it is in 2009. So, uh, now, look, obviously, there's a lot more risk to the, the, the our markets than anticipated, and I, I wasn't... Uh, uh, you know, I, I talked about um, more or less that, you know, I, I've been talking for three, four weeks now about being defensive in your portfolio. I, I was not expecting last week, obviously. Uh, it was pretty significant uh, downdraft. Uh, Matter of fact, it's the fastest downdraft. Uh, you know, two, uh, 1987 took two months. You know, the Fed raised interest rates three times, a half a percentage point back then. Uh, but we were already down eight percent at that point, and then we dropped twenty five. So it was a pretty big, you know, one drop, one day drop. But this is the fa- one of the fastest corrections uh, since since World War II. Okay, so it, it and we hit a new high eleven days ago. All right, so it was, it was quick. So um, look, I, I think um, let's let's think about this a little bit. Okay, uh, here are some of the things that have happened in the last couple of years, last ten years. Let's see, China had the potential of invading Taiwan. India and Pakistan were engaged in a nuclear war. SARS, H1N1, and Ebola all hit. Remember, Ebola, we had a 15.5% sell-off in two weeks, and it rebounded all of it. By the way, the Dow was at 18,000 then. It's at 2025 right now, all right? Uh, The Irish uh, Republican Army uh, disrupting Great Britain. OPEC, Y2K, the tech bubble. Uh, rust destroying crops in the, in the southern USA, the Middle East crisis, global terrorism, et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on. And by the way, what about in 1962 when we had, was it 62, I think it was, when we had 19 nuclear warheads 90 miles from Miami? The Dow Jones Industrials were 620 then, 
Okay. They're now, uh, no, I think they were less than that. Actually, they were 120. So we're now at 20,000, 25,000. All right. So there's always going to be something to worry about. And look, there was something happened last week and I thought uh, this was uh, right on, you know, Lori Calcivina, our head strategist, has been negative on large-cap stocks, especially large-cap growth stocks, because the valuations, people were just stuffing money into S&P 500 funds. And when you talk about capitalization and you put your money into a market capitalization-type ETF, the biggest stocks go up. And we talked about that for four weeks. We talked about that Apple and Microsoft were 8.4% of the market okay so uh she just went to overweight u.s large cap equities on friday uh so her reasons valuations have improved sharp corrections often leads to a big bounce and and technical conditions in the market have improved just so you know when we've had a big change in the market on the downside uh, it usually takes anywhere from, I mean, there's been a couple, uh, you know, right now, you know, we had a 16.5% re, uh, sell-off this week. Um, but the return over the next 100 days is somewhere between 16.5% and, and 37 38%. Okay, so uh, look, the P.E. ratio is now 16.7%, and I think that's important. Also, I think this is, you know, look, Healthcare stocks are now at a 5% discount to the market. Uh, they normally trade at a 20% discount, a 20% premium to the market. Now, they're going to get beat up a little bit because of, uh, you know, they get some of their product from uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the actual, well, not the actual product, but, you know, some of the raw materials for their product from China, okay? So they'll probably get beat up a little bit, and Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren probably aren't helping them at all. Um, but... They're cheap. They're very, very cheap. And they're the ones that are going to solve this problem. There is one company that made an acquisition on Friday. Uh, it was up about 12% that I own a lot of. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it, you also look at in market years and things are good. Okay. So anyway, we'll just leave it at that. Um, look, the S&P 500 broke support this week. Uh, the utilities broke support. Uh, and I, I think what you're going to see is, is, uh, you know, we had a much bigger correction than most people were were looking for. Uh, me, me included, by the way. You know, look, I I came on here a couple weeks ago, last week, and said, you know, don't get bearish. And I'm still thinking that we're in this long term secular bull market. Uh, however, <laughs> I was not expecting last week. Let's put it that way. Okay, so we went from a new high, and then on Monday, uh, you know, I just come back from vacation, and Monday, uh, you know, I got home at midnight and. Uh, Monday, I I show up to work and there's 1.4 million S&P 500 ETFs for sale. You don't have a chance, and and some of those are you know some of the guys are buying the uh, you know the three times or two times or three times the S&P on the downstroke. Uh, so uh, when you know the ETFs can be a problem, all right. Uh, so can't the futures market, which opened up down, and I think this week the problem has been that we have the machines run in the place and we have a lack of uh, uh, buyers, okay? So it's, it's a lack of buyers. Now, there's going to come a time in the near future where you're probably going to want to step in. Now, I'm going to say today or tomorrow, I did buy a couple stocks. 
uh, with for new accounts this week. Uh, you know, few stocks here, a few stocks there. Look, it's psychologically displeasing to buy stocks when they're down, <laughs> but that's how you make the most money. And we always talk about on this show being greedy when everybody else is frightened and being frightened when everybody else is greedy right now, everybody else is frightened. Maybe it's time to think about it. Okay. To think about stepping up and, and buying some stocks. Uh, look, Lori Calcivini has had it right. She went negative on the, the Fang stocks. Uh, and you know, Apple's not part of the Fang group, but, uh, but Apple and Microsoft uh, were not part of the fan group, but they kept going up because people of their capitalization. People kept stuffing money into S&P 500 funds. We already talked about value and growth, and value is acting like it's never going to come back. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think growth may suffer for a while, but I think it's important that you uh, you know think calmly now. Okay, The market's just sold off 17%. The average correction you know, when it's a bear market is 20.5%. I think we're closer to the low than the high. Now, the, the problem was, like I said, it was just 10 days ago, that we 11 days ago, that we were in a new high. So we had a quick sell-off. Anyway, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Smart Investor Show. If you have a question, 216-901-0945. We're live. 216-901-0945. Okay, we're back. A little uh, Mexican music here, <laughs> south of the border. Oh, that's uh, Johnny Cash, my uh, one of my favorites. Uh, hey, we do have a uh, call. It's David. David, how are you? Yeah, good afternoon. What's new? Uh, say, I wanted to get your uh, insights on something. Um, what would you say to an investor right now who's sitting on a big pile of cash and wants to get back into the market? Would you say dump it all in right now or kind of average it in over the next 30 days or so to see what develops in this crazy market we're in right now? The, the problem is, uh, David, is they don't ring a bell at the bottom. <laughs> okay. They're not, nobody's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, we hit the low. Okay. But we are down 17%. And, uh, you know, look, I, I've been doing this a pretty long time and I've had the market go down 50%. Okay, in a nine-month period in 2000, and it did it again in 2007, 2008. It went down 57%. I was also around in 1982 when, when it just slowly but surely melted away, okay? But I think we're in a structural bull market. You know, these things last about 8 to 12 years. Remember, the Federal Reserve just lowered rates. They've been pumping money into the economy. There's $7 trillion moved from stocks to bonds just recently, the money market got half a trillion dollars this week. It's the largest amount in the money market ever. That doesn't sound like a top to me, just personally, okay? So, look, what I think you need to do is you got to have a shopping list. You know, uh, the dividend, you, know, you can't fake dividends, Dave. You just can't fake them, okay? So look for good quality dividends. They don't have to be high dividends. They just have to be repeat performers, okay? That's, that's a place I'd look. But what I think you want to do right now is increase the quality of your portfolio, okay? 
going after crazy stocks right now might not make a whole lot of sense. So I think you want to look for really high quality names. And I got a whole bunch of them, but I'm not allowed to say them on the air. So you just call me right. at my office, okay? Okay. All right. Very good. Um, but appreciate slow- your insight. Thanks yeah. very much. And, and by the way, David, you, you, you know, you're closer to the end than the beginning, but there still could be some downside. So if your if your viewpoint is ten years from now, you know you can start to buy, okay, and then, uh, but you know I think the turn is going to be hard and fast, okay. Yeah, they say you you know in order to make money in the market, you got to be in the market, and who, we don't want to miss those few days where it jumps back up. Yeah, and I I think that'll. By the way, it may come down and test one more time, so you may have a second chance. Uh, because they, you know, they just want to make sure I can't sleep. Okay. <laughs> so they, they rally it up and then they come back and test just to make sure everybody's paying attention. So that, that, you know, you, you'd like to say you'd buy them on the test, but most stocks have probably moved five or 10% by then. Yeah. And if you look at the returns on, you know, the 10 year treasury, I mean, it's down your 1%. I mean, where else are you going to put your money these days? Yep. We're just about to talk about that. So, uh, stay tuned. Okay. Very good. Thanks very much. Thanks for calling. Once again, if you have a question, uh, we are live today, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. So, uh, you know, we told you to shine up your uh, thing on gold, and gold went straight up during this period. It broke 1700 as a matter of fact. And then something happened on Friday. It was called margin calls. Oh, boy. And uh, actually, Thursday and Friday, margin call after margin call after margin call. And so a lot of hedge funds got margin calls. So they had to sell what they could sell, not what they wanted to sell. So gold got hit. Uh, you know, every gold stock on the books got, got, got hit by 5, 10%. And that's because of margin calls. I don't think it's over for gold, in my personal opinion. And, uh, you know, I look at the, you know, like some of the, the ETFs for like the junior gold miners and the big gold miners. And I think the miners look better than gold, my humble opinion. And, they broke out and they pulled back to the breakout and the heavy volume came in after they pulled back. That's usually a good sign. And by the way, they broke out on heavy volume, which is pretty interesting too. But look, you know, we talked about this two weeks in a row. So this shouldn't be, you know, new, new information. We talked about the defense. Okay. Being on defense that, you know, we're kind of, we were in the yellow zone and, and, you know, we were worried a little bit. Uh, now look, I, I said personally, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I try to tell it, say it like it is. I said personally, I don't think you want to get too bearish. I wasn't expecting the one-two punch that we talked about earlier. And, uh, you know, Bernie get leading the polls, you know, a socialist in a, in a, if, if you're a capitalist, the stock market is your ultimate tool to make money. All right. It's either the stock market or the real estate market. And, uh, by the way, I understand real estate pro- property values got hit pretty hard last week. So it was a it was a double whammy. So we'll see what happens. But on look, when you play defense, you got to reduce your equity exposure. I I had several new accounts. I I didn't even buy anything with. I bought a couple things, and one I'm I'm not real happy with because they uh, a couple analysts got overzealous in their in their uh, numbers, and so they hit the stock even though they beat RBC's numbers. So you know uh, it, uh, that happens sometimes. But Reduce equity exposure, raise cash, hold strong relative strength sectors. We talked about that for a couple of weeks. So, you know, I think what you had to do is had to look at some of your laggards and say, you know, do I want to stay here or do I want to go? And most of the time I, I stay with laggards when they're on our dividend growth portfolio or our prime income list. And, boy, there's some really good-looking stocks 
right now with high dividend yields that are on our prime income list and our dividend growth list. You know, 3%. You ain't, as David said, you ain't going to get that in the bond market right now. All right? So uh, I think what you have to do is be a little bit more defensive. You know, uh, think think like you, you're, you're uh, well, you know, look, you should have been on the defense to a certain degree, and then uh, uh, we, the, this pullback was was something that I think three, four years from now you're going to be happy that you stepped up to the plate and bought stocks. Okay, but look, I, I looked at the GDX uh, Standard Poor's. The GDX is the is the ETF for the major gold miners versus the S and P ratio, and it was bottoming up until Thursday and Friday when the margin calls came, and I think that's a group that you should pay attention to uh i don't think it's over yet i think uh things are gonna get really interesting because uh you know gold you stick it you know in a vault and you pick pull it out 25 years later usually you've made a little bit of money it's not the best investment because it doesn't pay a dividend but it's a decent investment now banks got actually got bounced boy hard because interest rates went to I mean, we were 1.85 on the 10-year Treasury 12 days ago. We hit 1.1%, the lowest yield in the history of the United States of America. The lowest yield in the history of the United States of America. And it, it had nothing to do with the economy. It was all about fear, okay? So, look, like I said, the real time you should be fearful is when you hear about all that bond money going into the stock market. And when the money market gets to below a bi- uh, trillion dollars, okay, it's at 3.4 trillion right now. Highest number ever. That's when you want to be, uh, uh, you know, scared. But look, they beat the, they beat up the banks pretty bad in the last, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, we had a bounce, you know, they beat them up. And then, uh, when Elizabeth Warren became the, the, the primary candidate and, then they beat them up, and then they bounced, and then they beat them up again. And and they're, they're looking kind of scary right now. So, uh, you know, the question is, are yields ever going to go back up? And uh, I don't know. You know, look, the I think the problem was the the couple weeks before or this, this you know, first quarter, it was kind of like the roaring 20s, okay? Everybody had to own Apple. The, the ownership of Apple, I mean – it's it was a two percent position in like seventy percent of the uh, mutual funds. Now I noticed, you know, uh, the contra fund. I have a good friend uh, that works for them, and uh, the contra fund, Apple's not in their top ten positions. That's how parabolic it was. So Apple saw and Microsoft were eight point four percent of the S and P five hundred. We st- we stated that for four straight weeks on the show. The other thing we said was that. Uh, uh, you know, the, the bottom 100 stocks were only 4%. You know, oil, all the oil stocks on the New York Stock Exchange have a lower capitalization than Apple right now. And Apple's down 55 bucks. Okay? So, but, you know, I mean, Tesla going from 400 to 900. You know, some of the stuff got a little bit crazy. And uh, I, I just think, you know, well, well, there you go. But anyway, the 20-year Treasury on ETF broke out to a new all-time high. We talked about that. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, but the TLT, you know, it was a cup and handle formation. It was, it was beautiful, uh, absolutely beautiful. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how far. We're now down 62.5% on the 
which is a Fibonacci number. If you don't know who he is, you should look him up, uh, which is a Fibonacci retracement number, okay, of the move we had from October when, when I said we'd have a melt up. Uh, but I also noticed that some of the small caps look pretty good, too. So, But the 10-year note hit an all-time new, new low. The dollar got beat up a little bit. Uh, crude futures br- broke through 50 hard. That's not good. I, I did see the uh, some improving areas, uh, REITs and utilities. But uh, for the most part, utilities' relative performance isn't so hot. Hey, stay tuned. We're going to talk about the bullish percent coming up here. Uh, this is the Smart Investor Show. Call in 216-901-0945. Okay, we're back. I had the... Uh, Great opportunity to see Paul McCartney in, in concert. He was absolutely wonderful. So if you ever get the chance, it's expensive, but he's good. <laughs> uh, anyway, now we talk about the bullish percent, and uh, you know we, we try to give you some technical indicators. Uh, look, I, I work my portfolios where I'm looking for fundamentals. I'm looking for what the, the best idea that the, the, uh, the analyst has. And we have some really good analysts. I don't know if you ever watch CNBC. You see Mark Mahaney all the time. And uh, we also have our bank analyst on all the time. And Mark Mahaney has, you know, been like number one in this field for like 12 straight years. And it's in the Internet. I mean, he's he's been phenomenal. Um, but the bullish percent allows us to figure out what the risk level is. And we've been saying for several weeks now that the bullish percent had turned down. Uh, look, I wasn't expecting last week, so I'm not going to, you know, say I did. And, and that'd be a lie. Okay. Um but, you know, we were, say, getting defensive. I was thinking 5 to 7%, and then, you know, you, you, you'd be okay. Uh, the one-two punch, like I said, you know, uh, Bernie taking the lead and the coronavirus together was, I think, more than most people were anticipating, and that's why they, they beat it up. But the bullish percent is just simply a uh, – it's been an indicator that was used by uh, – was designed by a guy named Ernie Staby. And uh, what he wanted to do was be bullish at the bottom. And bearish at the top. So when this thing breaks into a column of O's, it means there's selling. Uh, there's distribution in the market. <laughs> if you've been in the stock market for any length of time, you know that happens a lot faster than the accumulation. So uh, there you go. Now, when, you, when you're a column of X's, you got the offensive team on the field. Okay, but then there's two other things. When we get to 70, we were at 63.4 just a while ago. I thought we'd pull it back into the 40s. Uh, we're now in the 30s, by the way. Uh, and and uh, that's the red zone. That's when things are too hot to handle. You've got to be careful. And we get in the, the green zone, uh, you know, things are getting interesting. Uh, that's when you should be greedy. So, look, um, as of Friday at 1030, and we were down 410 at that point, the bullish percent was at 3640. Um the over-the-counter index was at 37, and the world index was about 32. So we're getting real close. Uh, we're not there yet. This th- thing doesn't have to stop at 30. I mean, you know, back in the financial crisis, it went to four, okay? Uh, but, you know, we did come on the air at that time when it was at four and say we had a generational buying opportunity. So I think we're getting close to a really good bu- buying opportunity, and 
you're never going to pick a bottom. I, I don't know of anybody that's that good. Uh, Warren Buffett says he's not that good. He buys things on the way down, thinking that there's a turn up, and I'm pretty sure he has a lot of cash that he's buying a few things here and now. And I, look, I've got a list of some five or six really good stocks, several of them with dividends. Uh, one of them, you know, just broke out hard on heavy volume and pulled back right to the breakout on light volume. That's what you like to see. All right. Uh, so I think, look, all the major bullish percent indicators now reside in a column of O's. And I think you got to be uh, careful. Uh, you know, don't, you know, don't go out and spend all your money is what I'm trying to say. Uh it's it's pulled back nearly 17%. You know, n- normally, uh, you know, you look at uh, a scenario where, you know, 20%, 21% is a big correction. Uh, then usually you have some kind of rally. Uh, so we're getting close to the end of the beginning. So you want to just get a, a shopping list. And when you feel comfortable, although you'll never feel comfortable when there's, it's a down market, you just won't. Sorry. It, you know, uh, believe me, I put orders in for my own account and my clients' accounts. And I, I hate it. <laughs> But it's the right thing to do. It's psychologically displeasing to do that, okay? But look, uh, um, with with the length of the three uh, previous outbreaks that we had, you know, the H1N1, uh, with swine flu, uh, SARS, Ebola, uh, you know, it, it lasted uh, about a year, okay? Uh, now, SARS lasted the the longest, but the largest gain came from the, during the swine flu outbreak, uh, which came extremely close to the bottom in 2009 market bottom, by the way. Uh, so, uh, it was a big gain after that, but most of the time there's been a pretty big gain afterwards. And look, um, back to back daily pull, uh, pullbacks in excess of three are unusual, 3% are unusual and it happened four times this week. So, um, the advanced decline ratio, uh, really took it on the cuff. Um, like I said, I, I wasn't anticipating that as much as I, I'd like to say I was, um, but it, it, it did happen. So, uh, look, uh, if I looked at the, the weekly momentum, uh, the, it's been negative for the Dow Jones for about five weeks for the, uh, for the foreign markets it's been about four, 10 to 14 weeks, uh, for the small caps has been about six to eight weeks and, uh, the QQQ is just two weeks. Remember we hit a new high 12 days ago, 11 days ago. Okay, and and so it, it's kind of difficult when you have when you go from thirty three ninety nine, I think it was where, where we peaked, down to twenty one hundred in five trading days. Uh, it makes you crazy. All right, um, you know. So it's one of those things that I think you have to uh, deal with a little bit. And you know, look, nobody likes this, but the fact is, it's now an opportunity. So if you've had cash on the sidelines. You know, you want to be starting to think. Now, we did have the bullish percent for the groups, which we had, you know, we had 19 positive just a month ago. We're now down to 10. Remember, all of last year, we never got over 11. So we had a very thin market uh, last year. Uh, now, electric utilities are at 86, so I don't think you want to be chasing them. I think people are, are buying those for safety. Real estate's at 60. It's down from 85, uh, and they beat them up. The, You'll notice that a lot of the like the the high quality real estate companies and the electric utilities got hammered on Thursday and Friday. They too were susceptible to margin calls. When you have a margin call, you got to sell what you can, not what you'd like to. Okay, and these guys, you know, the the hedge funds, they play. You know, they're on the edge. 
All right. You know, it's supposed to put up 50 percent. You know, they're at 32, 33 percent. So when you have a sell up like this and they're wrong, they're going to get whacked. So real estate backed up a, a, quite a bit. Gaming uh, was actually up on Friday. Gaming and oil were up Friday. So weren't semiconductors. Uh, business products were at 50. And I'm only talking about the favored sectors here because that's where you want to stay, I think. Uh, financials, healthcare, and computers are at 44. Uh, you know, they're down six for the week. Drugs and biotech are at 40. Uh, you know, I think biotech and drugs are going to be the way to get get rid of the coronavirus. Uh, there's one particular company that has a great dividend yield. They bought somebody Friday, so the dividend yield got a little bit better. Uh, I'm actually still up on the stock, not as much as I was uh, due to the, uh, the the purchase. But they there's two companies that are really interesting, and uh, we'll talk about those in a second. And then at 34 are electric products and software. Uh, software held up uh, better than I anticipated it would, but, uh, you know, so look, when you have, uh, um, a, you know, I looked at health pandemics. Okay. Uh, and, and look, you know, the entire, you know, the maximum drawdown was about 15 to 25%, depending on, you know, like Ebola was a pretty, pretty bad one. Uh, the SP 500 was down 15 uh, and then the swine flu was down about eighteen nineteen, but we also had a bear market going at that point, and that was a structural bear market, which I believe we're out of. But look, I think Mike Tyson put it perfectly. Everyone has a plan till they're punched in the mouth, okay? And uh, when you get punched in the mouth, you you got to step back, put some ice on it, and say, okay, what do I do now? Okay, now if you didn't raise some cash, and and uh, look, I'm I have a couple accounts where uh, you know I thought we we're going to be okay. I didn't, I, you know, I had 10, 12% cash. I didn't have 20. Okay. So once now, you know, I think you want to take a look at your portfolio and say, okay, how can I upgrade it? You know, what, you know, can I sell this stock to buy a higher grade company? And that's what I'd be looking at right now. So look, every correction is painful. They actually aren't all that rare. Uh, you know, a, a year ago in December, you know, I told people not to get bearish before the, the, the show before Christmas. And you, I think it's on the, the, you know, the podcast. So you can go back and listen to it. I said, don't get too bearish. Don't get too bearish because the machines are, t- are controlling this thing. And the machines can turn on a New York City, you know, they can turn on a New York City dime. Okay. So you, you got to be paying attention here. And I think the media has really added fuel to the fire. Look, it's not a secret that the media hates Trump. And if they could do anything to make make sure he doesn't get elected again, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to do it. So, uh, look, I just think, um, you know, the the groups that got uh, the the overbought, oversold area, uh, large cap growth is 102 percent overbought, oversold. The index funds are 138 right now. Small cap growth, 140. Uh, all equity diversified funds are at 150 percent. Large cap value is at 200 percent. 200% oversold. Don't think there's going to, I think there's going to be a bounce there. Small cap blends 200, small cap value at 2, 214. So I think a lot of people are getting nervous and, uh, you know, uh, you know, just uh, dumping things to dump things. So, uh, you know, uh, look, I'd, I'd talk more about uh, sectors, but I think, you know, what you want to do, like I said, is, is look for high quality because most of the sectors went down uh, for the week. Now, I didn't see anything in the emerging markets that made me jump and shout and run all about. Um, but I would say this, the EEM and the EFA are a pretty big support right now. So it'll be interesting if they hold, uh, they, they both had, re- I think the, uh, EEM had a negative, you know, 95% uh, 
oversold reading as a Friday morning. Now, I don't know Friday, you know, uh, that was before uh, they they closed and they closed down hard. And the ETFA was 184%. So uh, there we go. Now, fixed income, I don't even, you know, if you're buying the 10-year treasury, you're a better man than me because uh, I think the yield now is 1.14%. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to tell you to go out and buy that. You know, I know people are doing it, uh, but it's hard to tell you as a, you know, as a guy that is is trying to keep you in the in the game for the long run, but the U.S. core bond funds, uh, the the AGG broke to a new all all time high, and the overbought and oversold uh, thing was uh, was was interesting. But look, um, high yield spreads have increased noticeably, so they're selling high yield bonds pretty regularly. So I think you got to think about that. And crude oil and gold both broke down. Uh, relative strength, I didn't have very many buy signals, but I had a lot of sell signals. Uh, Air Transport, Tivity Health, BH Billiton, Belfab, Gildan, Hasbro, Holly Frontier, Dormer Products, North American Energy, Sky West, CHN Industrials, Roku, um, Mertrion, Live Person, Pros, Pritium Resources, uh, Sermotics, Westlake Chemical, U.S. Compression. Uh, so a couple buys here were Avis Car, Atlas Worldwide, Limelight Networks, Stamps, uh, Zillow Group, Health Insurance Innovations, and Patrick uh, Industries and Medical Properties, and Medical Holdings. Uh, Remember, relative strengths buy signals can last for a pretty long time, especially in a down market. Hey, we'll be right back with Insider. Stay tuned. Uh, If you want to call in, it's 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in. This is Smart Investor Show, and uh, you know uh, something remarkable happened this week. Extremely remarkable. Besides, you know, watching the market go down every day, insiders stepped up to the plate. I haven't seen this many insider buys in a week, and I think my entire career. Now, may have been a couple other times. I've been finding following insider buys now for about thirty years, so uh, I was impressed. A lot of these stocks are down and out, and the the insiders just stepped up to the plate. Now, why do we follow insiders? Because they know their companies better than we do. All right, they're usually early. Remember that. And I'm just looking at the big buys. Okay, I want it to be over a million dollars for the most part. Uh, or multiple buys. If I have five, six, eight, nine, ten, I want to pay attention there too. So, the first one is Magnolia Oil and Gas. The stock was uh, fourteen dollars a week ago. It's seven and a half now, and the chairman, president, and CEO bought a million dollars worth of stock. Uh, by the way, that was that was Friday. <laughs> uh, in in Holdings, which is a healthcare information company. The CEO and chairman bought six hundred sixty-one thousand dollars worth after the stock dropped from twenty-three to nineteen fifty. Then the CFO bought six hundred nineteen thousand. I like when the money mans, you know, start to buy. And here's uh, something really interesting: Energy Transfer Partners was fourteen; it's now nine and a half. And the CEO bought thirty-nine million. That's got a heck of a dividend. So I guess the question is: Is it safe? 
and then but six million six point one million uh, two days later, and that's kind of interesting. Now Morgan Stanley got hit pretty hard. They were fifty eight just two weeks ago. They're now forty forty eight fifty. And Steve Luxo, if you don't know who he is, you should. He's a director. Uh, stepped up to the plate and bought two point six four million. Remember, they bought E Trade last week. Here's another pipeline, another oil company, the third oil company today. Uh, Plains GP Holdings. Uh, this stock was twenty dollars a week ago. It's now fifteen uh, fourteen ninety. Uh, director bought a hundred uh, one point one million dollars worth. Um, that's the, there've been several buyers in that place. And Six Flags, uh, Six Flags, uh, Disney got hit. Uh, Cedar Point all got hit because they're worried that nobody's ever going to go to a, a theme park again. Uh, it was forty uh, literally two weeks ago. Is now twenty five and a quarter. Uh, and two directors, one bought $35 million and the other bought $7.8 million. Uh, Plantronics. Now, this one's interesting because this has uh, had two or three gaps down. And, and look, there's an old rule in technical trading. The third gap down is the exhaustive gap. So I, I got to look at the longer-term chart, but I think it's had three gap down. So, uh, and this is Triangle Principal Holdings, and uh, they bought $6.15 million and then turned around two days later and bought $4.27 million worth. Uh, the stock was 35. It's now 13 and a quarter. And then we had the CEO buy uh, 137,000. The CFO bought 120,000. And a director bought 250. So it seems like everyone's in agreement there. Uh, Plantronics, you know, is, it makes the headsets and, and things like that for telephones. Uh, the Geo Group, which is a real estate investment trust, uh, went from 18 down to, to 16. And the chairman CEO bought $4.49 million worth. Uh, Ryder Systems just got crushed. Was fifty dollars a week ago. Is now thirty-seven, uh, thirty-six ninety-two. Uh, the CEO bought five hundred ninety-nine thousand, and the CFO bought four hundred eighty-nine thousand. That was Friday. The Baker Brothers, uh, one of the best guys when it comes to buying stocks in the uh, uh, healthcare area, especially biotech. Uh, they bought Kodiak Sciences again. You may recall they bought about eighty million dollars worth. Uh, just back in December, they bought another 7.8 million. And then two days later, they bought another 5.79 million. Uh, Lyft. This is the first time I've seen anybody, uh, buy in, in, in Lyft. They've been mostly sellers. Uh, stock hit a new, well, it wasn't a new low, but it was, uh, it was about a dollar off the low. Uh, and he paid 42.62 for it. And he, uh, it was a CFO. You like to see that number, numbers guys. You like seeing them. Uh, and he, he bought a million dollars worth. And then Simple Food Group, uh, this is a, a kind of an ugly-looking chart, by the way. Um, the stock was 28 uh, back in, in uh, the beginning of January. It's now 22, uh, and a director stepped up to the plate and bought $1.99 million worth. And then uh, Viastat, uh, this is another company that's in the communications equipment area. 5G stocks are getting pounded. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's going to, you know, they think this is going to delay 5G. Uh, you know, 5G is, is a Wi-Fi system, but it's a lot of hardware, okay? So it's actually Wi-Fi plus land-based system. It's hard to kind of hard to describe, but, uh, you know, you need antennas, lots of antennas. That's the land-based part of it. And you need to be able to pick up a signal and then send it out. So that's the land-based part of it. So it's a little bit different. But the, the COO, Chief Operating Officer, bought $1.5 million of Viastat. Tesla... You know, we had Elon Musk buy nine point nine million dollars uh, at at close to nine hundred. 
Uh, it's now, I don't know, I, I think it's seven seven oh five or something like that, or 680, I think it was uh, Friday. I, I got to look it up. But Larry Ellison from Oracle, who's on the board, bought $958,000 of it too. So obviously people think this thing is going a lot higher. Like I said, I was in that the first time around. I was not in the second time around. The second time around looks like a bit better ride. And then Cinemark, uh, movie production, these, this thing was at $33. Uh, it's now at $24.92. Uh, the, one of the directors bought $1.99 million worth, and the, the CFO bought uh, $254,000. So once again, the money man's involved. And Total SA, which is basic materials and oil, uh, just got killed. Uh, it was $50. I think it's 45 bucks now. Uh, but a director bought $4.861 million worth, and, and then another director bought $890,000 worth. So we like to see that. And Bungie. Here's another company that was 57 is now 52 in a week. Uh, the CEO bought 1.8 million dollars uh, worth, and he bought another 122,000. The chief legal officer bought 802,000. There's they have two different CFOs, and uh, each one of those one bought 316,000, the other bought 220,000. Then a director bought 199. Bungie would be, in my my humble opinion, would be the ultimate uh, uh, one of the ultimate value stocks. And then uh, Eurovin Sciences, which is in the uh, biotechnology area, uh, Sumatoro uh, bought 1.35 million shares. Uh, that's a big company, very big. Now, a director, I was going to say Moderna, uh, but on Monday, he bought a million shares of Moderna. And by Friday, it was uh, it had hit 65. So uh, I guess that one's a little bit aged and here's an interesting one uh the ceo and chairman of medtronic this is an extremely well-run company they make a lot of defibrillators heart valves things like that well-run company uh, a dividend aristocrat by the way the ceo and chairman bought a million dollars worth uh and believe me he owns a huge position in the company but it was 120 uh and i think it hit 95 on friday so uh that that, would, that that's an interesting one um very very interesting one so we'll we'll see what happens so what do we do from here? Well, you know, I I, I was I listened to Bob Dickey uh, on Thursday, and uh, uh, you know, Bob has won a lot of technical awards. I mean, uh, Mark Haynes, uh, God rest his soul, when he was on CNBC, used to have Bob on all the time, and uh, he's a he's a very level headed, rational guy. Uh, he doesn't get too excited, but uh, he thinks the ultimate bottom could be twenty four fifty, which would be about uh, fifteen hundred points from here. However, I don't think it's going to stop exactly there. So what he talked about was starting to buy some things. Okay? You know, look, uh, Samuel Clemens was on the porch of his house in Missouri, and it was pouring rain. And he was with another writer, and I can't remember the guy's name, and the guy says, gosh, look at the rain. It's been raining for days. It's never going to stop. And Clemens just looked at him and said, it always does. So when you think it's going to continue to rain and rain and rain, it's going to stop because it always does. All right. Capitalism is at work, even if Bernie Sanders is around. Okay. As long as you have a Republican Senate, you're in good shape. All right. So, uh, but Bob's been say, talking about this correction for some time now. And he said, you know, uh, he also talked uh, back on February 19th about uh, crude oil was testing the low of the fifty sixty five dollar range, well, we broke through that pretty hard. Now, gold, like I said, 
broke out big to seventeen thousand or seventeen hundred. I'm sorry, and and then the margin calls came, and like I said before, when the hedge funds sometimes have to sell what they can sell, what's up, to save the stuff that's down big, okay. And believe me, Thursday and Friday, the margin calls were going out like crazy. Uh, you know, I don't use margin, okay? So I have a lot of people I know that use margin, and they were getting margin calls, big-time margin calls. Uh, when you go down 16% in, in a week, 17% in a week, you're going to get margin calls. And if you're a hedge fund and you're, you know, instead of using 50% equity, you're probably using 25 or 30 you're going to have multiple margin calls, so something to uh, to worry about a little bit. Uh, there could be some more margin calls Monday, I would think. Uh, then it would be interesting to see. So, what, what would be what would be the ultimate bullish scenario is basically if we had a big down open on Monday, and rallied up to be unchanged. Man, I would be buying like crazy if I saw that. All right. Now, look, uh, we're still on the defense though. The bullish percent still in a column of O's, and we're not below thirty yet. I think we're going to get there. So look at keep a defensive posture, but get ready. Okay. So look in the meantime, savvy investors credit workbook, a, a credit access line is a good idea right now instead of selling your stocks if you need money. The global income best ideas are dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. You can't fake a dividend. All right. Our investment stands for the year, and then sign up for our newsletter. Uh, it all goes to WHK fourteen twenty. Go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes. My webpage is right off there. You can go directly to it. Hit the contact me or email me. If you want to have coffee, let me know. I will be glad to talk about your portfolio. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Uh, it's It should start out kind of rough on Monday. We'll see what happens. But buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.